and well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you're listening to this. This is Daniel Carpia of the Inscriber Digital Magazine, and yes, another late night, another late night, and but it's something that I wanted to openly discuss when it comes to do, uh, what's been happening in the past week, particularly as it pertains to AW, Tony Khan, and just a flat out meltdown that Tony Khan has had this week. Well, not this, well, you can technically say last week, but you, you guys know what I mean. Because the meltdown that Tony Khan has had on social media since probably last Monday is has reached a semi-trumping level of madness and unfortunately it brings back old friendings and old criticisms people have about Tony with the way he handles things. But like I said, in case you haven't paid attention you haven't paid attention or if you happen to luckily you'd be avoiding Twitter and the insane times that we're living in. At least on, on the entertainment side this will be a, a quick catch up. Ever since all all in and all out this year it hasn't really been a overall good time for AEW overall you had all in which by any measure should be viewed as a success by any measure this is just because what they achieved is commendable in a way what AEW achieved to have a non-WWE wrestling promotion be able to put in as many people as they were able to put in to Wembley Stadium is something, like I said, that has to be commended. But, unfortunately, only two things came out from the aftermath of All In. One, the entire mystery of what the actual attendance or what should be counted as the actual attendance for this for this event should be because on one end you have people saying it's over 80,000 or maybe over 85,000 but they have some parts of the British government saying it wasn't even it just smaller than 70,000 that went through the turnstiles and the number has just become a muddled mess. That's one. And then the second thing that's come out of it, unfortunately, was what is called Brawl In. <laughs> the fight that happened between CM Punk and Jack Perry that apparently got so out of control that it forced Tony Khan to fire CM Punk a week later. Or when I mentioned it when I recorded 
the day it happened, more likely that Tony's father, Shahid Khan, told Tony to fire CM Punk at that point. But it's been that. It's been the whole muddle discussion about the all-in attendance, Punk's firing, and unfortunately, the constant, constant show on on social media of showing that the attendance for a lot of AW events has not been good. And this has been just not over the last couple of weeks. This has been going on for a good portion of the year. Now, part of it is is unfortunately Tony picking to run certain towns on a near constant basis. Then there's the fact that, and maybe in some areas where WWE hit and AEW wants to hit, WWE does put parts in their contract when they have venues, when they go to Raw, go to SmackDown, they put contracts in place that prevents the venue from even promoting that, hey, we have another wrestling show up until a certain point after they leave. There's that. There's obviously for the ticket inflation prices that have come up. Part of it's the regular unfortunately inflation that we're going through but then a, a lot of it can also be viewed as artificial because Tony need, AEW needs to find a way to make money that cloud that unfortunately stacks up against and overshadows in many ways the fact that only was a good, like I said, it was a good event. Next, the following week, all out was a surprising, was a surprisingly good event, especially when you consider that most people expected for that event to flame out since it was in Chicago and it was happening on the weekend where, when AW fired Punk. It did, and because it did it, that was a good way to look. That was a good way to show things. And then you had another, another pay-per-view, Wrestle Dream, which turned out to be pretty good. And you also then had the debut of Adam Copeland, the former Edge, from that jump from WWE to AEW. Even though, yes, that move was tele- was had was been telegraphed for months, it was still a good event, a good moment for AW to have because it feeds in the momentum, especially at this point when you're seeing on WWE side, you're seeing how they're they're promoting Jake Cargill. Who jumped from AEW to WWE? She's getting the treatment and getting the limelight and getting at least even the, like the moment on SmackDown on last Friday, where she went face to face with Charlotte Flair. 
that's something that Jade never had in AEW. Because the main person that you want to say that with Charlotte that, oh, she may not be the champion, but you you know she's a top woman, in AEW, you probably would say would be Britt Baker. And there was almost ne- never really a serious face-off. Even though Jay Cargill was an undefeated TBS champion, you never had a face-off with Britt Baker. You never saw her... You never saw Jay Cargill really engage with what you consider the upper echelon of AW's women's division. Probably one of the factors that had her go to WWE and before even having a match, let's keep this in mind. Jay Cargill has yet to have a match. And she has already had a, she's already had more of an aura built that tells you the direction they want to go into it by having her in NXT by having her show up on Raw by having her, like I said, mass SmackDown face to face with Charlotte you've already created that and on, you also they, WWE also signed Brian Pillman Jr. they did package him I forgot what his first name was, but they went by King. And in one vignette, they were able to do what AW seemed to not be able to do, which is build a good character around him, build him, build a good heel character around him. In one vignette, remember, like I said, Brian Pellman Jr. has yet to have a match in a WWE ring. But they've already created that feel. AEW's kind of... That's it. They're trying to counter that right now with Adam Copeland. And... That's going to lead into, unfortunately, what is the main point of this recording, this podcast, which is the meltdown that Tony Khan has had. And the reason why and what it tells you what can ultimately happen. So... Let's get rock and rolling. Last week, you had the instance, mainly because of MLB playoffs, bumping AW Dynamite for its normal time slot on Wednesdays to Tuesdays. To Tuesday, October 10th. And because it did that, it put it head to head once again with NXT and this would be the first time they would be going head to head Dynamite and NXT since WWE's murder with UFC to form TKO group since this became official so WWE wanted to show that, so they kind of stacked NXT pretty well. They, on, on that NXT show, you had Oscar, you had John Cena, you had LA Knight, you had Cody Rhodes. 
You even had The Undertaker show up. Yet Dominic Mysterio making his own presence once again. You had pretty much the card pretty stacked as far as star power. Now, AW, they try to fight back. They're trying to make this episode be quote unquote Title Tuesday. And the main selling point of Title Tuesday was supposed is mainly supposed to be I think Adam Copeland's first match on the dynamite which I think would have been against Luchasaurus if I remember correctly and Tony just seemed to want to counter any move that WWE was making WWE knows that NXT usually gets a 7-8 minute overrun AEW tries to and secures a 10-minute overrun. NXT announces that its first half hour is going to be commercial-free. Tony Khan announces that Dynamite is going to be commercial-free. And between how the show was being stacked and just how it pretty much was looking like it was going to be a night where AEW wasn't exactly going to come up on top. You had a very, very interesting behavior coming from Tony Khan. You started to see him reply in a lot of social media when it comes to people, when it comes to fans. Because he started, he he did this normal thing of announcing the matches and doing run time, and yeah, he does get trolls. He gets trolls in his mentions that say, "Let go, you're not gonna see this." And nine times out of ten, he has been really good about not answering or leaving it alone because of how many comments he's probably getting. But not last week. It got to him. He's taking shots. He once again taking shots at WWE. He took shots at Triple H, Paul Levesque. He took shots at Shawn Michaels. He took shots at Vince McMahon. And you started seeing it a little bit confrontation, being more confrontational in the matter. And I'm trying to go in a semi-chronological order because the meltdown got worse as Tuesday went along because on Tuesday he did have an interview I think Monday or Tuesday he had an interview on the Dan Levitard show now it'll say if you don't if you don't know who Dan Levitard show is long time Miami Herocom is pretty much the mascot for the city of Miami when it comes to sports journalism and there's like he was on ESPN now he's getting funded by DraftKings and you can catch him on YouTube like through his company Metal Art Media they have had Tony Khan on Tony Khan before so this wasn't anything new this wasn't a situation where you would feel that Tony Khan's getting damaged no he's been on that show before he knows 
what normally Dan Levitard wants to get. That's from an interview on it. And what Tony Khan does is he goes into the mode that he went to when he was interviewed by Ariel Hawani, which is basically ignore any questions that any of the people ask and just go into promotion, just promote the show, just promote the show, which is what he did. Because he went into his usual spiel, like, AEW's having a good, is having a good year. We've had when we talked about Wembley, talked about like we're having the best run of shows in a while. And first, Mike Ryan, one of the producers of the Levertard show, asks Tony about the comments that I mentioned, what I mentioned before when I started this, which is that you're starting to you're starting to see the attendance really be affected in AEW and it doesn't even matter whether it's Dynamite, Rampage, Collision all of their shows their attendance has not been good overall and not only that, you're, you're seeing it. People are posting on social media whole areas being tarped. That you normally would not see get tarped on an AW show. He said, McRain asked about that when it came to the prices. He asked about what Dave Meltzer said. And Dave Meltzer last couple of weeks, I forgot which show Observer he said it, but he did say that AEW felt like a cold product. He asked about that and Tony Khan decided not to answer the question at all. He just he just pretty much repeated what he was saying before, like, oh no, we're having a great run. We're talking about Wembley, this is the best show, Title Tuesday coming up. And If you have paid attention to Dan Levitar for a very long time, whether it has been as an, a personality that was in ESPN or in his days as a columnist in the Miami Herald, he does not like when people that he's interviewing are giving pretty much politician type answers, which is pretty much what Tony was doing. He was doing the political pivot, but whenever they get a tough question, they pivot towards something else, so they can get their talking points out. It is what Tony was doing. So, Mike Ryan decided to do another question, go through another tactic, which was, okay, yeah, it was a great show and all that, I went in attendance, you know, trying to sweet talk Tony to be more perceptive for the question was coming up. But then he mentioned, brawl in. But, you know, I was in attendance for all that, but there, I under, but it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. You know there was an incident backstage. Now, he didn't make the mistake of calling CM Punk film night instead of his actual info Brooks. More than likely, they probably were talking about Nike around that time. And Phil, if you know who Phil Knight is, he's one of the founding members of Nike. 
also he's a he's somebody that wants to buy the Portland Trailblazers, but is currently being denied of the opportunity to buy the Portland Trailblazers. But we'll leave that alone. But what he was doing, he was what Mark Ryan was doing was he's trying to get a gauge from what happened to Brawl in. Like I said, pretty much what Eric Hawani was trying to do and trying to get some more details about what happened in September 22 with Brawl Out. And Tony Khan gave the same answers that he's been giving these people for a long while during that pivot. And Levitar just said, like, you know what, quit giving us this bullshit when you come in here we want to get actual answers you got your promotion you got everything for the show you, you already took care of that what you're saying right now is bullshit we want more details when it comes into this because they, they wanted to get more details from it and Tony did his best to really not answer the question like the only he said is yeah it was a tough day for her but that's probably the most that you got out of it and if you remember, like one of one of the statement, the, the video statement that Tony Khan had to make when he fired CM Punk was saying that he feared for his life because one of the reports that was coming out was that CM Punk lunged at him. But that's like I said, that's the attitude that he was already starting to come in, trying to raise the walls that he could around it from actual questions you have to worry about and that's this is in the middle of him on Twitter calling using like using memes from Kirby enthusiasm answering fans like who gives a fuck if you're not watching Dynamite or calling Triple H Shawn Michaels bald assholes and then Tuesday night happens NXT and AEW go head to head. Both were good. Both were decent shows. If you were a little bit more on the wrestling side, you'd probably say AEW had the better show overall. But if you're looking for star power, for storytelling, you would definitely say that NXT had the better show that night. And then the ratings came out the next day. see here correctly from WrestleNomics NXT had 921,000 viewers on average and Dynamite I think had 607,000 on average now remember you have to keep in mind Dynamite is not on its regular night and WWE made a considered effort to stack the deck as far as star power in this. So you probably were expecting them to win. Probably not by that much, but still win. And that has caused a meltdown that from Tony Khan that it's yeah it's trumping levels one of the most interesting parts of his tirade was 
him tweeting that, saying that, oh, a streak is now over. John Cena and Undertaker, this is the first time in a WWE ring they never got over a, a million viewers. Just trying to take pot shots, trying to take anything from this, because overall, when Pete Saints came out and said, yeah, you, you got your ass whooped. You're expecting to get your ass whooped, but we didn't expect it by this much, but still. You had that happen. And... And when it comes to answering fans' questions, once again, it's trying to take shots of Vince McMahon. And then, later on that day, I think Wednesday or even Thursday, tweeting out that, oh, this is the anniversary of my mom being treated for, I think she was being treated for a type of cancer. And this is when several, just trying to justify his behavior. Like, oh, this is when several AEW talent were telling me that WWE was tampering with the contract, trying to get out of it. And that's when it became personal to me. That the, the, the wrestling business, you tamper all the time. That's what it is. Whether it's entertainment or sports, contract tampering happens all the damn time. Yeah, sports leagues have penalties in place to try to minimize it, but we all know contract tampering happens all the time. Wrestling, we all know it has happens all the time. Like the most blatant example, AEW can actually be accused of was what happened with Jeff Hardy. <laughs> But that going into that area and just the way he's been acting, it brings back a certain sentiment that I spoke about and a lot of people have spoken about, which is unfortunate that Tony Khan cannot actually handle criticism. The way he tries to deflect from it is A, what he did on the Levitar show, which is pretty much try to pivot and only talk about the positive and only talk about that. B, what he pretty much has been trying to do, what he's did since. He had the first major tirade that he had was against Big Swole in January 2022. Literally New Year's Day. When all she said was, eh, yeah, uh, this company kind of needs structure. It lacks that. And he went on tirades. First citing the fact that he and the legal counsel for AW were the two highest ranking minority personnel in the company and oh yeah even though I, I praised Big Swole I let her go because she wasn't a good wrestler just like little pot shot and that everything and he what he's been trying to do since then was one of the mission option two option was the the flat only talked about the positive two insulate himself from criticism by putting people in 
quasi-ceremonial positions. They don't really have actual power because Tony Khan's still controlling things. But he's putting enough people around it where all the good, they'll let it go through, but anything bad, they're the buffers in place so he doesn't have to hear it. And like I said, he's done that with Brian Danielson. He's done that with John Moxley, Chris Jericho. He's done that with a good amount of people that he's hired. And it seems like I said, the main purpose for the hiring was to shield him from criticism. But now he's actually also acting in a third option. And this is unfortunately the option that you see a lot of if he's a lot of people that if they come from wealth if they were born into wealth they're born into situations where they have been pretty much told yes their entire lives by almost everyone around them because of their wealth only telling them the positive areas And because they've only been told that, and because particularly the world that Tony Khan inhabited, particularly online and since his teenager teenage days, is that if he hears criticism, he lashes out. He can't. React well. He doesn't take it and say like, "Okay, you know what? You may be right. You may do this." No, he has to. He has to basically throw tantrums. And to me, this is this instance is particularly bad because you could have had a month where you could have had the person we're talking about all in, all out. Russell Dream, Adam Copeland coming into the company having decent stories, having pretty much this be Brian Danielson's bucket list year, so you're trying to get the best matches for him possible. Things in that area, things are coming into it, but instead all in got buried by arbitrary by arbitrary discussion about attendance and the CM Punk mess. Unfortunately the entire drama that surrounded the past month overshadows Copeland's debut, even uh, that and the fact that, yeah, let's face it, it, it was telegraphed for a good while that, that Copeland was going to AEW. You have that scenario, and then, like I said, you have the fact that the attendance is genuinely bad, and you have situations where once again they're doing it more frequently now where if you see clips of AW if you see them people putting clips of botches or clips of attendance suddenly they're copyright striking once again a lot more and you're seeing just mainly a lot of when it comes to bad press now like I said it could be a situation Tony where personally yeah if the, maybe this is genuinely like okay yeah this is the first time I'm seeing my mom in a bad tr- in, 
same treatment and yeah if you're a certain age you really start thinking about your parents no longer being with you particularly as you get close to get close to middle age which Tony Khan is Tony Khan is think 40 about to turn 41 I believe so you have that happening maybe that's what's pushing this buttons in a way but at the same time this causes a lot of problems when it comes to AW because this was supposed to be a really really good banner you had the video game come out five forever where the reviews were like yeah, yeah hey gameplay watch reminds us of of no mercy that n60 i think it was the n64 game with no mercy and if you're like a retro gamer you like that game it has good mechanics well it was made by the studio for it but when you look at the usage and there's ways to measure it, the usage of people that are playing this game it it has fallen off drastically and Tony Khan has said it and he said over the past couple of years that he has put his personal money into this I think there were 10 figures in in the red on this they're probably already sorry not eight eight digits eight figures in the red they're probably now nine figures in the red when it comes into that they said the whole you have the whole CM Punk mess you're still trying to get Warner Bros. Discovery to give you a good amount of money for a TV rights deal which can always be in danger when it comes to this situation when it comes into what can happen with one of our discovery within in the next year because there's a good chance that one of our discovery is going to be bought by Comcast <laughs> and Comcast just signed themselves up to get five years of Smackdown and unless TKO group unless Ari Emanuel has made fundamental changes to the way they write their contracts when it comes to broadcasting. I highly suspect the good old exclusivity clause that WWE has and a lot of television contracts will kick in. And what that exclusivity clause is, is mainly if your network or any other network that is owned that or any part of it that's a subsidiary of your network if they run wrestling you have to cancel that because we want to be exclusive exclusively your wrestling that's what they do and that that could easily affect the AEW in the future but there's also the problem when it comes into what people can see who the face is when it comes to AEW and this has well this has played wrestling for a good while where especially even though especially in the Attitude Era and the Lucha's Aggression Era 
you had situations where the face of the company and the attitude there was Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock or The Undertaker, Kurt Angle. You had faces that were wrestlers. And yeah, Vince McMahon, after the Montreal Screwjob, they become one of those faces. But he wasn't at that point the face. He slowly started becoming the face. As the decades went along, as we went past Ruthless Aggression, into the PG era, he started becoming the face. But not to the point where the only thing that you can think of in WWE is Vince McMahon. Especially nowadays, since he no longer owns the majority of WWE. So, yeah, if you have that going on still, but with the way TKL is running things, they're trying to make the wrestlers once again be the face of the company. You haven't seen that same consorted effort in AW. In AW, it looks like their main effort is to have Tony Khan be the face of the company. And that unfortunately is a bad thing. Because of the like I said, his behavior over the past week. When you when you are the public face and not your not the talent. You're not letting the product speak for itself. And it's easier for people that have fat faith arguments against AEW to clown you because it's easy to clown on Tony Khan when he acts like this. But what's bothering most people and this and it's reached and it's gotten to the point where people that are that normally tribalists for AEW are literally trying to tell Tony, hey, you might want to put the phone down. You might want to uninstall Twitter from your phone for a little bit. You don't have to delete the account. Just uninstall it or give it to an intern. And have him run it. Your account. And when you reach the point where even the people that are your most ardent supporters are trying to tell you you need to stop, it's a problem. And like I said, in this, like I said, it goes back to January 2022. Is that behavior where Tony Khan not being able to handle criticism well, not being able to say like, okay, particularly when it came to the ratings on Tuesday. He couldn't say like, okay, I kind of expected that. They did stack the deck against me. But let me focus on making sure that people will want to tune the dynamite next week when it's back in this regular slot. Make them more engaged into it because one of the things that you can say about what happened on Tuesday is because 
that Tuesday has been NXT's night for a good while. And you can say that, hey, if it wasn't for Dynamite pulling in some of the viewers, they probably would have been reached a million viewers. That would have been big for NXT. Because while SmackDown got a new rights deal, Raw and NXT have not yet. And so TKO is trying to make that product be as enticing as it can be for any potential suitors of those broadcasting right deals. Whether it is still mostly Comcast or maybe if it's Disney or even, if we go back, if it's Amazon, there are suitors. And they're going to try to stack the deck on it, and that would probably help them a lot. Dynamic could have said, like, hey, we prevented you from reaching the million. We had enough engaging product to pull that much of the audience away. But it, that's not the case. He's only taking shots. He's only saying that this has become personal. And unfortunately, this also does go back. Not only, like I said, to the way he reacted to Big Swole, just the way he reacts to criticism. Mainly to what got him into wrestling and the community that he inhabited in in his teenage years when it came to wrestling. Tony Khan has admitted he is a product of the old, early 2000s wrestling message boards. And yeah, those boards were not exactly a fun place to be at if you were running to be hardcore when it comes to wrestling in that days because especially in the early days like 2000, 2000 from 2000 to 2004 2005 more than likely a lot of that community was mostly bitter WCW fans bitter ECW fans and bitter WWE fans post Steve Austin's heel turn who did not like the fact that WWE won the Monday Night War and a lot of that sentiment when people write down complaining about the booking has the main sentiment was always this and I've said this before that this main sentiment was if I only had the money I could book better than Vince McMahon I would put Vince McMahon out of business and what's happening now when it comes to AW versus WWE it's something that you see a lot when it comes to wars, quote unquote wars. Because wars, both in the literal and in the subjective sense, a lot of the new wars are just mainly rehashes of the old wars. Obviously, like the best example, the 
most known example, World War II, was Germany trying to relitigate World War One. And World War One, at least on the French side, was trying to relitigate the Franco-Prussian War. And yeah, that natural history and what's happening nowadays, WWE, is just trying to relitigate the Monday Night Wars. Because you had then the Wednesday Night Wars. And a lot of that message board personnel have come out to the world and have raised an, a generation of fans that have really bought into it. And not only just fans, wrestlers that have bought into it. And they see AEW as their best chance to relitigate the Monday Night War and then maybe we'll have WCW come out on top this time and we'll drive Vince McMahon out of business at very very high in, in probability now now that WWE is not part of a much larger conglomerate in TKO group but Tony Khan is that person in message board that he technically does have the money or his family has the money to be able to push this but at a certain point attitude reflects leadership and Tony Khan has shown that his leadership has not been good overall and you're starting to see some of the ways in the attitude of the fan base on both pro AW and anti W and anti AW and it's not been good not at all unfortunately because at the end of the day WWE needs AEW to be creative competition keep in mind what I just said creative competition not financial not business competition. You're not going to get to that stage. Not right now. And it's going to take you decades to reach that point. And by that point, WWE may have lapped more, lapped around you twice or maybe even three times more by that point. But creatively, they do need competition. You need complacency. In the American wrestling scene, you need somebody to challenge WWE creatively so AEW is needed for the overall success of the wrestling industry to be good because if WWE does really well then more people are paying attention to wrestling then maybe they'll pay attention to GCW they'll pay attention to more back to impact and maybe they'll put their eyes in AEW. The problem, unfortunately, is that you can be creative competition by simply just being an alternative. And that's been the folly of a lot of companies. 
that have been trying to quote be the the new WCW in that manner. Whether it has been Impact, whether it has been old school Ring of Honor. A lot of companies did reach a point where they started thinking, let's let's not be an alternative to WWE. We're gonna be competition to WWE. And the only way you're going to compete with WWE is if you start doing WWE things. And one of the things that a lot of people liked about AEW was that it was an alternative. They weren't trying to do the things that they that WWE was trying to do. And it worked for a good while. But once that switch goes off saying that, no, we're competition to WWE, it starts falling off. And it's happening. you're starting to see it happening with AEW in real time. Because the attendance that they have now would look a hell of a lot better and would sound probably a lot better, for example, if they went to smaller venues. If they went to venues that weren't normal venues that seat 15,000, 16,000 people, maybe go to the venue that seats 7,000, 6,000 people, or maybe even like 5,000 people. And you can get that crowd in. You get the same feeling that you had last week at NXT. That crowd, NXT, that crowd is small. But that crowd is lively and it makes you feel the passion for the product. A lot more than if they were in a stadium. And it's only been that amount for that crowd in a 15,000 seat stadium. Which, by the way, they, they've been doing pretty good when they go out out of the performance center to really, really, really do their outside shows. It's starting to feel like a takeover again. They're just not doing it like the week. They're just not doing it like the weekend of a pay-per-view because now WWE pay-per-views are now on Saturdays. Yeah, I'm not calling them PLEs. I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> but You have, you, we have that happening and what you also have is people is people point out to certain images of social media like somebody recorded somebody put it up on social media they, they were there on Title Tuesday on Dynamite they look they see the suites and they see on the suites people have NXT on and then the main and so the main argument comes in and it's like, wow, AEW, their show isn't catching so much the attention so much that people that have paid the good money to be there are watching NXT instead. It does not do good overall. And unfortunately, Tony Khan is really looking like he can't handle that. And that probably is the main reason why certain moves were made in 20, between 2021 and 2022 when it came to at least who's viewed as the managers and the owners of AEW on paper to be. Because AEW is a registered business in the state of Florida. 
And in the state of Florida, you do have to make an annual report for your business registration. And what the state of Florida does, and this is through, like I said, through the Florida Department of State and through a website called sun, sunbiz.org. This is a website from the state of Florida, Divisional Corporations. You can search companies and you can search the annual report. Now, the only thing that annual reports really state is your are you a registered company in the state of Florida and who are your managers? Who are the people that run it? And you can look up all Elite Wrestling and, and AEW. And AEW has three different registries in the state of Florida. AEW itself and the AEW Foundation. Just more things that they do for charities. And from 2019 to 2021... The people they were listing as the managers, as the <coughs> oh sorry folks, as the registered personnel, <laughs> were the trusts of Shai Khan, the trust for the, that would benefit Tony Khan, and the trust that benefits Tony's sister Shanna Khan. And for 2019 to 2021, they were the ones listed in that area. So anything that might happen to them, it would have impacted the trusts. It would have impacted the inheritance of Tony and Shanna. But between 2021 and 2022, because from what I'm seeing here on the website, they, from 2021-22, they filed these reports in April. And, 20, and this year, they filed it early they filed it in the end of January from in 2021 particularly about all out in 2021 that's when you started seeing a lot of the big signings in AW you saw the CM, CM Punk signing Adam Cole Brian Danielson Malachi Black Keith Lee a lot of like the ex WWE guys they signed in in between that time 22 too the title, the managers, the people that are supposed to run in AW, the people that technically own AW, are no longer the trusts of Tony Khan, Shannon Khan, and Shaheed Khan. It's instead now Beatnik Investments. Beatnik Investments is a shell company. It is a company that is solely put there because they also have. Because they themselves, their managers are region consultancy. And these companies are shell companies. If you look at their address, their address is tied to Shaikon. And their only purpose is, is if something bad happens, or if something good happens, if they make a lot of money, then this is the way that Shahid's money doesn't get taxed as much, or more than likely, if something really bad happens and you have to shut AEW down, Tony Khan's inheritance won't be hit by it. They'll just be shoved it out 
if there's bankruptcy, whether there's bankruptcy proceedings or being sold to TKO Group, it'll be handled through these two companies. That way, Tony's money is protected. And maybe that is the point that Traycon has seen seen the situation happening with Tony. He saw what was going on. He saw his tendencies and decided to protect him himself because because of the weeks like last week. And it's gotta be a situation where, as much as Tony Khan needed to put a structure or long ago, where he just needed to be the quiet money man, that he could approve the big time decisions, but just left himself clean, have other people run AW. It doesn't. He's not. And unfortunately, it keeps looking. I've said this before and I've said it again because he keeps enforcing, reinforcing it. It keeps feeling like this is just a vanity project. Because, like what I, when I mentioned before, I'm going to end it with this. When you think of AEW, unfortunately, you don't think of MJF. You don't think of Adam Cole. You don't think of the wrestlers. You don't think of the Young Bucks when it comes to that area, when it comes to thinking of AEW, you think of Tony Khan. He is the face of AEW. And it's almost by design that it almost feels like this is now, that this has always been a vanity project for him. And the wrestlers are just action figures that he's playing with. And now people don't like how he's playing with his toys, so he's throwing a tantrum. But I'm going to end in a Daryl. 34 a.m. at the time I'm recording this. I gotta get some sleep. Uh, just let me know, you folks, what do you guys think? And how is this gonna shape up? Because, except if, like I said, if, there's a, if there is a strong possibility that Comcast buys Warner Brothers Discovery, then AW time may be short. But I'm going to leave it there, folks. Hopefully, you'll be able to catch everything on Spotify. Everybody, be safe.